The following podcast is part of a certified educational activity titled Getting to Know the New Desmoid Tumor ICD-10 CM Codes and Why They Matter, Practical Guidance for Integrating the New Codes, and Navigating the Implications. Access the entire activity and complete the post-test at peerview.com forward slash YNP 860. Downloadable slides and practice aids are also available. Hello and welcome to this CME program from Peerview. Today's topic of discussion is titled Getting to Know the New Desmoid Tumor ICD-10 CM Codes and Why They Matter. These are practical guidance for integrating the new codes and navigating the implications. My name is Dr. Mernal Gounder. I am a medical oncologist at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. I specialize in taking care of patients with sarcoma as well as patients with solid tumors who are uh, enrolled in phase one, phase two, and three clinical trials. Today, I'm delighted to co-chair this program with my colleague, uh, Linda Holtzman. Linda, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Dr. Gounder. Uh, I'm Linda Holtzman, and I am a professional medical record coder. That is, I spend my time reading patient medical records and assigning ICD-10-CM codes to the diagnoses. All those letters after my name on the title screen here are various coding credentials, uh, inpatient hospital coding, physician office coding, etc. The only one I particularly want to call out to you is RHIA. That means Registered Health Information Administrator. It's a bachelor's degree in health information management, which is the academic field that includes coding. So yes, you can get a college degree in medical record coding. I'm here with Dr. Gounder because I was the coder involved in the effort to create the new ICD-10-CM codes for desmoid tumor. Thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction, Linda. So I, with that, I think we can define the objectives of this program. And in the first module, I will be going over desmoid tumors. Many of you may have never heard of desmoid tumors, so this will be a brief uh, overview and introduction to this topic. So the goals for today, first, is to improve your awareness of gaps and barriers in the diagnosis and treatment of desmoid tumors, including the previous lack of a specific ICD-10 code for this disease. Second, to augment your knowledge of the new ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes for desmoid tumors and how to use them. And lastly, to improve your skills in integrating the new desmoid tumor-specific ICD codes into practice and clinical, as well as in research settings. So with this, we begin module one. This is to understand the gaps and advances in the diagnosis and treatment of desmoid tumors. First thing for us to understand is that desmoid tumors are rare. They have variable presentation, clinical course, and outcomes. These tumors can occur anywhere from head to toe and in a wide range of ages, uh, from childhood, very young children, to older patients. In general, given the rarity of this disease, there can be misdiagnosis because pathologists are not commonly seeing this disease. So generally, these tumors are subsequently, these diagnoses are made at uh, specialized uh, cancer centers. There are effective, safe, and regulatory approved systemic therapies for desmoid tumors, but many of these lack large randomized clinical trials and therefore, there is an active and robust research uh, undergoing uh, uh, right now. 
and many of these ongoing research programs are, are changing the, the landscape of treatment in this disease. Until recently, there had not been a specific ICD-10 CM diagnosis code to identify uh, desmoid tumors for billing or research. And therefore, this CME program highlights the, uh, uh, these challenges as well as the reason and the backgrounds for developing these new codes. So as I mentioned earlier, these are rare or ultra-rare uh, uh, diseases or cancers. <clears throat> these desmoid tumors, their incidence is anywhere from two to three patients in every one million uh, um, healthy population. So this is quite rare. In the United States, the incidence is thought to be somewhere around 1,000 new patients diagnosed annually. And as you can see here in Canada, it's about 140 patients and in Europe, about 3,000 patients annually. These desmoid tumors, they can come in two different flavors, but the most popular one or the most common type of desmoid tumor is known as a sporadic desmoid tumor or a sporadic aggressive fibromatosis. The less common ones, which as you can see in this pie diagram, which is five to 10%, is desmoid fibromatosis associated with familial adenomatous polyposis syndrome, which is caused by a mutation in the APC gene. The remaining blue, which is known as sporadic, are most commonly formed by a mutation in a gene called beta-catenin, also known as CTNBB1. In the next slide, we will talk a little bit about, about the genetics of this disease. Again, as I mentioned before, 85% of desmoid tumors are caused by a few mutations in the beta-catenin gene. The rest are in APC. Essentially, whether there is a mutation in APC gene or in beta-catenin, we believe that this results in a dysregulation uh, of the Wnt signaling pathway, which then, which then results in constitutive expression of the Wnt signaling pathway and, and uh, gene expression and subsequently growth of these fibroblasts. At the end of the day, these desmoid tumors are formed from either fibroblasts or myofibroblasts that continue to proliferate and grow um, in distinct parts of the body. How are desmoid tumors currently diagnosed? <clears throat> so the consensus guidelines uh, was, was developed earlier and again is going to be revised uh, later this year. And the global consensus is that this should be based on several uh, sets of data. The first one is imaging, and the second is histopathological assessment of biopsy. Both of these are essential. Imaging alone is not adequate to make the right diagnosis, and pathology is absolutely essential for making the diagnosis. Generally, we see nuclear accumulation of beta-catenin, and in addition to confirm this, if necessary, we can also do molecular testing of beta-catenin or APC mutations, although just a good histopathology in an experienced pathologist is adequate. Where do these tumors begin? As I alluded to earlier, these tumors can occur in from infancy all the way to older age groups. And again, they can occur anywhere from head to toe, but the most common locations are in the extremities. As you can see here in lower extremities, as well as in the scapula um, um, and girdle. Abdominal wall is also a very common location and generally seen in the context of pregnancy 
or in the post-pregnancy state, but also trauma, um, surgeries, and other things can also be associated with desmoid tumors. Other more difficult to treat locations are head and neck, as well as intra-abdominal, but thankfully these, these, are, uh, these are low. There is a slight female preponderance to this, uh, to this, uh, uh, to desmoid tumors. So here is an example of a desmoid tumor of the extremities. Here you're looking at an MRI. So desmoid tumors typically are unifocal, but sometimes can also be multifocal. And here on the left-hand side in the sagittal image, you're seeing a desmoid tumor in the calf uh, of this patient. And on the other side, there is also, this can be found in arms, and this MRI is also showing this small area that is lighting up uh, that is a desmoid tumor. So these are usually deep uh, uh, fibromatosis. <clears throat> so there's been an evolution in the treatment of desmoid tumors. So historically, these tumors were all resected surgically, but now there's been a shift in the field. And in the last nearly five or six years, there is an increasing data to show that surgery should be avoided whenever possible and should not be the first uh, attempt to treat these tumors. What's most important is that these tumors need to be discussed in a multidisciplinary team with surgeons, medical oncologists, and interventional radiologists and pathologists, typically at a center that has expertise in sarcoma. So there are many different uh, current and emerging treatment options for desmoid tumor. As you can see here, classically, uh, chemotherapy, tyrosine kinase inhibitors, and also local therapies such as cryoablation, uh, um, and, and occasionally even surgery is also used. One of the things I also want to highlight is this active surveillance. So generally, if patients are asymptomatic and the tumor is in a favorable location, uh, watching the tumors for a short period of time is reasonable for the right patients. There are also emerging drugs such as the gamma secretase inhibitor, as you can see here, in one of the slides. So this is a complex slide and I will not go through it, but this essentially there is a consensus statement from the Global Desmoid Tumor Working Group. Uh, this has been published um, and free for uh, your referral uh, when you are evaluating a patient. With that, I will stop and thank you for your attention. We'll move on now to module two. In the previous module, Dr. Gounder noted that a key gap we identified was that there had not been a specific ICD-10-CM diagnosis code for desmoid tumor. That was an issue. And here in module two, we'll talk about why. First though, let's make sure that we're all on the same page with ICD-10-CM codes. You probably know this, but just as a quick reminder, uh, every time people have an encounter with the US healthcare system, Whenever they visit their physician, have an x-ray, get surgery, go to the emergency department, have an inpatient hospital stay, every time their diagnoses are documented in the medical record and then converted to ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes. ICD-10-CM is the United States adaptation of ICD-10, the international diagnosis coding system from the World Health Organization. Did you ever wonder what CM stands for? It stands for clinical modification. Every member country of WHO is permitted to adapt the international coding system to its own internal needs, as long as the country's system stays consistent with or compatible with the international version. ICD-10-CM has been in use in the US 
since 2015. And before that, many physicians of a certain age will recall that we used ICD-9-CM. And before that, ICD-8-CM. So um, do we really have to use ICD-10-CM codes? Yes, we do. Use of ICD-10-CM codes is mandated under HIPAA. And if you ever want to verify that, here's the citation from the Federal Register, which is a daily publication of U.S. government business each day, including notices of public meetings, as well as proposed new regulations, um, and seeking public comment, also uh, finalized regulations. Since ICD-10-CM is mandated under HIPAA, the requirement to use ICD-10-CM applies to virtually all U.S. providers, so hospitals, physicians, ambulatory surgery centers, every type of provider. And it also applies to all U.S. payers, big and small. So ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes are standard nationwide. Now, why does this matter? What's the actual purpose of codes? ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes are the administrative language of healthcare in the United States. Essentially, the codes grease the wheels of our healthcare system, and very little can get done without them. On a practical basis, ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes have two purposes. Uh, first, diagnosis codes are used for billing, medical policy, coverage, and payment. That is, the codes go on patient bills, those get sent to the health insurance company, and the payer uses them to, for example, determine if the service is covered under its medical policies and how much the provider will get paid according to its fee schedules. The other purpose of ICD-10-CM codes is research. Government agencies and payers maintain huge databases with hundreds of thousands or millions of records going back multiple years. And searching these databases is what allows us to identify disease prevalence, common treatments, hotspots for certain disorders, things like that. So how about the ICD-10-CM codes for desmoid tumors? Desmoid tumors kind of got caught up in a coding paradox for rare disorders. There are about 74,000 ICD-10 di diagnosis codes, really. But even so, many similar disorders get classified to the same code, especially if they are rare disorders. And that had been the case for desmoid tumor. Until very recently, all desmoid tumors were coded to D48.1, neoplasm of uncertain behavior and other soft tissue. So D48.1 was assigned for desmoid tumor. And by the way, uh, uncertain behavior in the code definition, that refers to tumors whose histology can't formally be classified as benign or malignant. Um, desmoid tumors aren't malignant per se um, because they don't metastasize. But as we know, desmoid tumors are also nasty, uh, locally aggressive, infiltrative, and destructive. So it's hard to say they're benign. That's why they get classified as uncertain behavior. In addition to desmoid tumors, code D48.1, neoplasm of uncertain behavior of connective and other soft tissue, was also assigned for tumors like myofibromatosis, uh, atypical fibroxanthomas, angioblastomas, um, mesenchymomas, things like that. In other words, D48.1 was defined and used so broadly that it's hard to identify desmoid tumor specifically 
on provider bills or in databases. So lack of a specific code was hampering billing and research for desmoid tumor. More specifically, lack of a specific diagnosis code for desmoid tumors precluded differentiating between desmoid tumors and other types of neoplasms in the data. It created significant and ongoing impediments to research efforts. It didn't allow for uh, anatomic site of the tumor to be identified uh, in the databases or on the bills. And as we know, uh, the anatomic site for the tumor is an important factor in approaching the treatment. Lack of um, a specific diagnosis code for desmoid tumor prevented better understanding of the true prevalence and incidence of desmoid tumors, and it also affected health insurance coverage for certain types of treatment. That's all bad news, but wait, there's also good news. 10 new ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes uh, specifically defined for desmoid tumors went into effect on October 1st, 2023. And use of those new codes is mandatory for basically all healthcare providers and all payers. Let's get to know the new desmoid tumor codes in module three. Module three is getting to know new ICD-10-CM codes for desmoid tumors. Things got rolling when the Desmoid Tumor Research Foundation submitted a formal request to the ICD-10 Coordination and Maintenance Committee to create new codes. The CNM Committee, as it's known, is a, a, a federal government interdepartmental group which has the responsibility for maintaining ICD-10-CM. It's co-chaired by CMS, Medicare, and the Centers for Disease Control. And it's actually CDC that handles the diagnosis code portion of ICD-10 and makes all final decisions on updates. More specifically, there's an agency within the CDC called the National Center for Health Statistics, and they handle uh, the coding system. NCHS is staffed by a mix of professional coders like me and physicians. The CNM committee meets twice a year. DTRF first submitted a request for new codes in June 2021 and made it onto the agenda for the September uh, 2021 CNN meeting, which is pretty good by itself. The proposal was well received at the meeting, <clears throat> but the committee had some questions. There were public comments with possible edits. So the proposal didn't make it through the rather rigorous CNN process. But uh, DTRF is pretty tough. So they resubmitted a revised version of the new code request for the March 2022 CNN meeting. And here they were successful. So basically it took about two and a half years to bring new codes for desmoid tumor to fruition. Now here are the new codes. As we just saw, all desmoid tumor codes, uh, all desmoid tumors were previously assigned to code D48.1, neoplasm of uncertain behavior of connective and other soft tissue. But as of October 1st, we have 10 new codes that changed all that. The new codes are D48.110 to D48.119. And you can see what happened. D48.1 was previously the code for desmoid tumor. But starting October 1st, D48.1 stopped being a code. It remains in the code book, but it's now a category heading, not an actual code. So if you try to use D48.1 for billing cases on or after October 1st, it will be rejected by the payer. Okay, so D48.1 is a category heading, now a category heading. Underneath it is D48.11. That's also new, 
but it also isn't a valid code. D48.11 is a subcategory heading. So if D48.11 is submitted on or after October 1st, 2023, it will also be rejected because it's not an actual code. Starting October 1st, the actual valid codes for desmoid tumor are the ones in the red brackets, D48.110 to D48.119. That's 10 new codes, and you can immediately see in this image, which is taken directly from the ICD-10 codebook, that they, these codes are all defined specifically and exclusively for desmoid tumor. Why 10 codes? Because the new codes are defined to identify the anatomic site of the desmoid tumor. DTRF was able to convince the CDC that even though desmoid tumors are rare, it was clinically important to capture the anatomic site because it's significant for the patient's course and also for the particular treatment that the physician recommends. See the notes under D48.114 and D48.116 of the red arrows? Those are mandatory instructional notes to the coder. So the coder knows what alternate sites fit under a particular code. So for example, D48.114 is defined for desmoid tumor intraabdominal. But you can see from the notes underneath that this same code is also used for desmoid tumor of the pelvic cavity and desmoid tumor peritoneal and retroperitoneal. Same thing with D48.116. It's defined for the lower extremity and pelvic girdle. It's also used for desmoid tumor of the buttock. Also, multiple codes can be assigned if the patient has desmoid tumors of multiple sites, if it's multifocal. So say the patient has a desmoid tumor of the chest wall and the back. That would be code D48.111, desmoid tumor of the chest wall, plus D48.117, desmoid tumor of the back. So what is D48.118? When would you use that code? D48.118 is desmoid tumor of other site. So if there's a desmoid tumor at an anatomic site that isn't in the list of the other codes above, that's when you would assign D48.118. I can't imagine what the site would be because the other codes are pretty comprehensive, but D48.118 is available uh, if you do find some other site for a desmoid. Then what's D48.119, desmoid tumor of unspecified site? D48.119 is for when you don't know the site or you didn't document the site. As Mr. Yuck here identifies, please don't make coders assign D48.119 and don't assign it yourself, doctors. It's a default code. Physicians, you know the site of the desmoid tumor, so document that in the electronic health record every time so coders can find that documentation and assign the most specific code. And depending on your um, EHR system, D48.119 may come up first uh, in your scroll, but don't just grab it and go, don't default. For accuracy, take the extra seconds to select the code for the specific anatomic site of the desmoid tumor. By the way, uh, in addition to the new desmoid tumor codes, we also have new code D48.19. That's assigned for those other connective and soft tissue tumors like myofibromatosis and atypical fibroxanthomas and uh, hemangiopericytomas and mesenchymomas uh, that used to share D48.1 with desmoid tumor. But desmoid tumor is now D48.110 to D48.119, and those other tumors now get assigned to D48.119.
1819. All right, now that we understand the um, codes themselves, <clears throat> we'll move to module four. We said that the key purpose of ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes is billing and research. So what are the implications for new codes for those two areas? First, specific codes for desmoid tumors should lead to reduced hassles for providers, for payers, and for patients, really. As we said, ICD-10-CM codes are the administrative language of healthcare in the United States, and they're used for billing, medical policy coverage, and payment. Being able to identify desmoid tumors will improve communication between the providers and the payers. Both sides will understand this patient has a desmoid tumor and here's where it is. So a specific code for desmoid tumor can explain why a patient needs a particular test or a certain referral. Likewise, a specific diagnosis code links to the treatments that are appropriate and expected for desmoid tumor. So they may no longer be routinely questioned by payers. Once everyone gets used to the new codes, that should cut down on the paperwork and the red tape for providers and also help move along claims processing for the payers. Let's drill down on that just a little bit more. In the short term, the new codes may not have much of an impact on payer processing, but at least they won't make it worse. The new codes are a subcategory of uh, D48.1 and payers are likely handling them the same way they handled D48.1 when it was a valid code. But the new codes may impact payer processing in the longer term. Over time, providers, uh, pay payers will accumulate a volume of requests for, say, prior authorizations for a desmoid tumor treatment, or the payer will accumulate a volume of bills for payment of claims for particular desmoid tumor treatment. And those requests will be submitted with the new and more specific codes for desmoid tumor. This will allow the payer to immediately connect the specific treatment to the specific diagnosis. Pair that with evidence in the claims data, their own claims data, that certain treatments are standard for desmoid tumors, and that will enable payers to start accepting those claims more routinely and recognizing the appropriate treatments with fewer appeals and less supporting documentation. Um, how do I know this? The answer is, I used to work for a payer. I worked for a payer for 18 years, all of it in the provider audit department. When the payer I worked for got in a claim with a diagnosis for something spongy like neoplasm of uncertain behavior of connective or other soft tissue, it was my department that got on the phone with the hospital or with the physician to ask why they were submitting such an expensive claim uh, under such a vague diagnosis code. Could you be more specific? Could you send us medical records? Can we get a letter from the physician? Believe me, we didn't want to stop the claims processing and have to manually intervene. And obviously, providers didn't want us to do that either. My point here is that once the payer can link the diagnosis and the treatments and the costs via these specific codes, they shouldn't need to stop things, at least not as often and not as much. There's another reason um, <clears throat> that these ICD-10-CM codes for desmoid tumors matter, the research implications. Dr. Gallander, would you like to speak to this? Yes, thank you. So Linda explained very 
in 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 great detail about the about the need for developing these new desmoid tumor ICD codes, uh, especially in terms of billing uh, purposes. But there is also an added benefit of having these ICD codes specifically for desmoid tumors and also giving granularity to the location. And that is the research implications. As we discussed previously, <clears throat> you know there are millions of medical records that are in electronic medical records. Some of these electronic medical records are siloed within hospital systems, but increasingly many of these electronic medical records are also speaking to each other and there is also increasing connectivity. So especially for rare cancers or rare diseases, to get enough sample size to understand the natural history, the prognosis, treatment, epidemiology, overall survival, it is essential that we have the right ICD codes for researchers clinical or basic science to understand this. So essentially what this can also help in the future with, with the, by putting a little bit of effort upfront to get the right code and the right uh, location, we can really accelerate the understanding of these, uh, of these rare diseases as well as rare cancers. And, and in addition to that, also we get to understand a better idea of the incidence and the prevalence of this disease, which is really mostly just estimated, but we can get a much better idea to that. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Dr. Gounder. And with that, we'll move on to Module 5, which is uh, frequently asked questions on the new ICD-10-CM codes for desmoid tumors. Really, I've been asked this question. Will the new codes change the definition of desmoid tumors? And the answer is no, of course they won't. It's always the physician's pr prerogative to establish the diagnosis according to the clinical findings. ICD-10-CM codes are intended to reflect the physician's diagnosis and the consensus of the medical community. It doesn't work the other way around. The new codes aren't intended to intrude on the diagnostic process. Their role is to allow the diagnosis of desmoid tumor at its anatomic site to be specifically identified in exchanges between providers and payers and in the data. The next common question that I've gotten is, do electronic health records update their code lists for new codes? Do they have to do that? And the answer is yes, they do. They have to update all their uh, code lists because the codes that they provide to users like physicians have to be accurate. And to be accurate, they have to be current. So typically, a physician can just enter the term desmoid into the coding module of the EHR and view the resulting list of applicable codes, then select one or more for the anatomic site. But physicians should be aware uh, that if they select prior diagnosis in their EHR, that may still be linked to the old code that's now invalid. So not every EHR system rematches prior diagnosis prior diagnoses with new codes. So check to ensure that the, ex the existing codes have been updated for that. I've also been asked um, how to code Gardner syndrome. Dr. Gounder mentioned that a little earlier. How is that coded? You need two ICD-10-CM diagnosis codes. Use a code from D48.110 to D48.119 for the desmoid tumor, obviously depending on the anatomic site, and also use code D13.91 for familial adenomatous polyposis. Uh, D code D413.91 uh, 
for familial adenomatous polyposis is also new as of October 1st, 2023. There are instructional notes in the, the ICD-10-CM coding manual, which indicate that you should also code any associated conditions, and that's the desmoid tumor. Those two codes can be sequenced in any order, um, depending on the severity of the condition and the reason for the encounter. And the final uh, FAQ that um, I get is um, for retrospective research, can we still search older records and older data? And sure, sure you can, but you'll have to use different codes for the different timeframes and then cross-reference them. The new codes, D48.110 to D48.119, they became effective for services rendered on or after October 1st, 2023. Older records don't get recoded, so they continue to be identified with D48.1 uh, in many databases, especially those databases that are composed of claims data. So researchers need to continue searching with D48.1 for dates of service before October 1st, 2023. Um, now, of course, the issue with that has always been that you don't know with certainty if D48.1 represents a desmoid tumor or perhaps one of those other types of uh, tumors of connective and soft tissue. But um, when there's longitudinal data for the same patients, you'll see the new desmoid tumor codes being assigned to those patients' current encounters. So you'll know that the older cases for that same patient with D48.1 really are a desmoid tumor. Dr. Ganner and I hope that this has been helpful to everyone, and we look forward to seeing you in future PeerView CME programs. And thank you for joining today. This activity is certified by PVI, PeerView Institute for Medical Education. Remember to download the slides and practice aids. Thank you for listening. Download materials and complete the post-test for instant credit at peerview.com forward slash YNP860. This activity is supported by an independent medical education grant from Springworks Therapeutics Incorporated.